Americans say for the first time, welcome to Embrace. You know, we live in unprecedented times in history right now, and uh, I, I know that the need for prayer is greater than it ever, ever has been, so I also want to remind you to use that prayer app, because God has put something on your heart that you need prayer for. In fact, right now, I just, I just see, I see needs that are, that, that need prayer. I just, I, if somebody's just kind of sitting in, yeah, it, it, there's, there's needs that need prayer. I see uh, a pain in the back of the neck on, on this side of the neck, on the lower part. Uh, if you need prayer for that, um, arthritis, there's someone with arthritis that needs prayer right now. Um, something with ankles going on. Um, I, I just, I see it, uh, it, it's, it, it, it's interesting, it kind of goes between the two ankles, if that's you, the balls of your feet, if you need prayer for that, right now God wants to touch your body, and I want to encourage you to use our prayer app, because while we're here, we want to hear those answered prayers and celebrate them live with you. All right, let's get to it. As I said, it's an unprecedented time in history. God has got the world's attention, doesn't he? He's got your attention. He's got my attention. And I believe this is the church's finest hour. I believe it is the time for the church to rise up and declare its authority in Jesus Christ to smash this virus and take its crown off and crush it. Because Jesus said um, that he will crush the head of any enemy. And so I believe that. But, you know, right now I believe that God is calling the church to a new season. I think that's pretty obvious, but for me, it's a new wineskin. It's a wineskin that he wants to create his church to be, where the church is no longer known by a central figure in the, in, in the church, but that the church is known as the body of the church. In other words, the nameless, faceless generation. And I really believe that that is what God is doing in this hour. So each week, join us at Embrace. We're going to give you strategic instructions for this hour, specifically in this season of time. Insight, perspective, prophetic words, and instructions to equip you for the work of service God has for you. Today and for the next several weeks, I, I'm going to be joined by, uh, uh, by two uh, nation's prophets, James Ostras and uh, Byron Easterly. But first, God's given me a word I believe it's very strategic for this time, and I want to I begin today by sharing this word. A few weeks ago, actually last week, we, uh, we shifted our service and did a national day of prayer in honor of President Trump's call on that Sunday. And um, on that day, the Lord called me to call a fast, and so I pray that you are fasting. But it is that that I really want to pick up on. Because there is a critical need in the church right now to the fast. And um, Jesus records this in Lucas 11. He says in the last days, the only sign he'll give the world is a repeat of the great miracle of Jonah. And I believe that re repeat will, be, uh, will, will reveal Jesus to a lost world. And it will be done in a similar way that we read in Jonah. Here's what Jesus says in Luke 29, 11, 29, and 30. The only sign given to you will be a repeat of the miracle of Jonah. For in the same way Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be a sign to this generation. So here's the point. 
the repeat of the miracle of Jonah today will be the story of Jonah replayed by each of us, his church. Let me say that again. The repeat of the miracle of Jonah will be each of our stories being replayed as the Jonah story for the sake of the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, where we've landed in, the, in, in Jonah, in Jonah chapter 3, is right where God wanted us to land as we talk about the fast. So today, I want to talk about the Jonah fast. So if you would please open your Bibles to Jonah chapter 3 with me. Jonah chapter 3. And let me pray as I open God's Word. Father, you have called us in the cloud. Wherever we sit right now, with our heads bowed and in prayer, we are connected by you. Wow. So we open our hands and ask you, Holy Spirit, for the powerful revelation, great counselor, that Jesus said you would do, that you would remind us of things you've said and new things because you said we weren't ready, but now this day we're ready. I believe you are telling us we're ready for the new thing you want to share. So we receive it from you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Follow along with me as I read Jonah chapter 3. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver a message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command, went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. And on the day he entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrows. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, he dressed himself in burlap, sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even animals or herds, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to the Lord. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps, even yet, God will change his mind, hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. When God saw, what? That they fasted and they prayed. That they broke down before the Lord and declared Him Lord of all. When, they, when He saw what they had done and how they had stopped their evil ways, they repented, He changed His mind and did not carry out the destruction He had threatened. There's a great end-time fast God is waiting for. It's the Jonah fast. It's the fast that the people and nations of the world, the unbelievers, will call 
It's the end time fast. It's the final fast for the final spiritual battles that must be fought before the King of Kings, Jesus, returns. It is the one that will cause all the kings of the world to take off their crowns, take off their royal robes, and worship the King of Glory. It is the Jonah fast. It is the fast that the unbelieving world, nation by nation, city by city, will call. Not the church. And they'll call it because they are bowing a knee to Jesus. But you see, a couple of things. See, this Jonah fast for the first time in a long time is now positioned once again for the world to enter into. But there is an obstacle. This only happens if the church will enter into a season of Jonah fasting into a lifetime of the Jonah fast. This is the fast Jesus desires for his church. I believe it is the fast after the cross that brings only the sign Jesus said he will give to a lost world. He said to this lost world, the only sign I will give you is a repeat of the miracle of Jonah. Now listen, to the church, he gives all kinds of signs in the book of Revelation, and every once in a while, a non-believer catches wind of it. But to the unbeliever, what Jesus is saying to the church is the only sign I'm giving them is a repeat of the miracle of Jonah, and he is that miracle. I believe God is calling his people to enter into a lifetime of fasting. The fasting Jesus requires for his return. You know, I uh, was on the phone with a, with a friend of mine and just a dear brother, Lou Engel, yesterday, and we just had a great time. That brother is a general of fasting, and many of you know who he is. And if you don't, I urge you to check him out. An incredible God of, man of God, an incredible general in the faith, in prayer and fasting, apostolic prophetic voice is critical today. And he's on a 40-day fast. He's 22 days into a water-only fast, crying out for this nation. And as we were talking, I was, I was sharing with him what the Lord had revealed to me about the Jonah fast. And he mentioned Jonah is one of his favorite books. And, and, um, and uh, he was, uh, I was celebrating with him when he said, he said, Sam, do you, believe, do you realize 17,000 people are fasting with me on this 40-day fast? That's a lot of people, isn't it? But here's the thing. There's over 2.1 billion Christians on the earth. Do you know what percentage 17,000 is? 0.00007%. There should be millions fasting right now and praying. This is a pandemic on the earth, and God turns the, the, turns the crisis into, into his love when his church steps up in a way that matches what's coming on the earth. And fasting is biblical. Fasting is New Testament. Fasting is critical for the church. And, it, and, and the Lord has put a, an urgent message on my heart that in, in general the church has, well, put fasting as a, after, a byproduct, an afterthought. And when we do fast, it's not given the intention or the faith or the, or, or the moment that God wants. But I believe that in this season, God has given us a new revelation 
of the Jonah fast. It is, it is the fast till the end. It is a fast that is a commitment. It's a lifestyle for a lifetime of the fasting Jesus requires. I want to quickly just go through what in the life of Jonah reveals about this fast. The first thing is the Jonah fast begins with you and I making a commitment to personal fasting. A commitment to personal fasting. We must fast our flesh. Deny our fast, our, our flesh. See, here's the thing. Jonah began his journey to Nineveh with a fast. In fact, he was forced to fast in the belly of the whale. Three days and three nights. No water and no food. God forced Jonah to fast before God could give him an anointing, a supernatural, powerful anointing of his voice. That in just five words, a city repents is on their knees and calls for a fast beyond the fast, beyond the church. And, and, the, and, the, and the king of that great city takes his crown off and bows before the Lord Jesus. God, I believe, in this time of crisis, in this time of breaking apart everything we know, everything that is can be shaken is being shaken in this time, I believe we're in another one of those moments where God is forcing a fast. Think about how your world has been rocked. Think about it for a second. Everything you and I take for granted in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, has radically shifted. And we don't know for how long. We know that our God is in control. We know nothing is impossible with Him. We know we'll weather this storm. However, what is He calling us to? You know, when God forces something you know it's critical for the church. The first part of the Jonah fast is Jonah himself, which was put into a forced fast. In other words, the urgency of the fast began, became the, the, the thing that was the first thing that Jonah had to deal with. He wasn't just in the belly of the whale, hunky-dory, deciding to pray to God. He had no food, and he had no water. The Jonah fast begins with the cry of Jonah in chapter 2, verse 1, when he says, I cried for help from the depth of Sheol, and you heard my voice. The Jonah fast, loved ones, begins with you and I committing to personal fasting on a regular basis. It, is, it, it begins with the fast of Sheol from the depths of our soul, a place of total death to our sin nature, to keep it dead, to not let it rise. Hear me on this church. If you hear nothing else about today, we must understand we need to continually commit to break off re re religious rebellion off of ourselves. It creeps in. We live in a world so perverted. We live in a state even more perverted. Religious rebellion finds a way to sneak in. And I believe right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to, to us all. Where is that stuck in in your life? Where have you laid down something? God never wanted you to lay down. Where have you gotten too comfortable in your faith? I am firmly convinced that the first part of the Jonah fast is a call 
right now that God is calling his church to. It's a routine of regular fasting, the fast of Sheol, to, to continue to die to self, to continue to deny our flesh and die to self, to stay alive in Christ. The Apostle Paul writes it this way in Romans 6.11. So let it be the same with you, since you are now joined with him. You must continually, see that word, you must continually view yourself as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal, while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Christ, the Anointed One. It's this, you must continually view, you must continually check, and the best way to check it, God's way to check it, is the fast. It's the fast of Shoal. I am hearing generals all over the, the nation, in fact the world, calling to an urgent time of repeated fasting. Here's how often I believe we are to fast, once a week. Once a week, we should all do a serious fast of the flesh. And you might say, wow, that's a lot. But I'm talking about a serious fast, not a McDonald's fast, not a just, I'm just going to fast TV right now. The whole idea of the Jonah fast is to fast the flesh, to put the flesh into submission. In other words, to let your flesh feel the denial of the fasting so that God can get your full attention, every jot and tittle of your attention and my attention to keep our flesh dead. To continually view ourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin because sin is constantly knocking at the door. The Jonah fast requires a commitment. It requires a commitment on a regular basis. I believe we're all to fast once every week. Fast a meal. Fast the whole day. But make it count. Make it be something that denies your flesh something significant enough to you that you feel it in your flesh to remind you that your flesh must stay in submission to your spirit and, your, and the spirit, as the Holy Spirit leads you, leads your soul once again. Here's the thing. To truly take authority in prayer, your flesh must be kept fully under authority. If there's any pride, if there's any selfish ambition, if there's anything in our lives that could rise up, if we are too cautious when God wants us to, uh, to, to be all in, every person on the face of the earth knows that without Jesus constantly in our lives, we're abided in the vine, we're connected to Him constantly, we can go astray. And I believe it's an unprecedented time that every single one of us, no matter how great a leader you are, from great to small, God is calling to this fast. Brother Lou was so excited. He said, Samuel, you've got it. That's what it is. That is the fast. Now, once you let God take authority of your flesh by continuing to break the, the rebellion, the religious rebellion that creeps in in each of us, once you do that, you're, you're set to do the second part of the Jonah fast. The Jonah fast, number two, requires a lifetime of fasting our voice for him to speak. We have to fast our voice. 
For him to speak through our voice, we need to fast our voice. See, in this particular fast, when you take it as seriously as God takes it, all through the New Testament, starting with Jesus himself, there's an anointing that comes on your voice like the anointing that came on Jonah. It is, a, it is the evangelistic anointing, anointing where just a few words break the oath. When Jesus said, and God the Father said, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, let there be light, there was light. That is the breakthrough of this fast. It's a breakthrough where God gives you, I believe right now all over the world, God is pouring in the evangelistic spirit into every man, woman, and child who knows the Lord. It is a time, it is a season for the nameless, faceless generation to be the church. It's not the time for one or two great evangelists, though God will use them, to be known as the, as, as, as the ones. I believe with the death of Billy Graham, like so many others, that that anointing was spread to the entire church. And how often do each of us share our faith? How often do we with boldness share with the people around us the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you know, when you enter into the Jonah fast, your voice, and you break off that, that religious rebellion totally, whatever it is for you, and Holy Spirit will show you, whatever that might be, and I believe in there's subtle ways in every one of us we need to do this, I'm certainly into this fast, and God is wrecking me and breaking me. There's an anointing of His voice that will come upon you. It's, it's the evangelistic anointing for the people you'll speak to, and, and in just a few words, you will be blown away. Brothers and sisters you never thought would come to the Lord. You'll say just five words, and they'll drop to their knees. The prophet Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah 58. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be trimmed. Tell my people Israel of their sins. If they act so pious, they come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Aren't you impressed? See, I want to pause here. I can't help but wonder about us today. A lack of fasting? Or the kind of fasting that, that is not sacrificial? Whatever that might be for you, even if you have health issues, it can be sacrificial. A true denial of the flesh? That's what they're saying. God isn't saying not fast. He's saying, you're so pious. You come to me in your temple every day and learn about me and you act righteous amongst yourselves, but you're not sharing me with this world. The build, I believe the building has become the belly of the fish. And our fasting has become powerless because we just kind of blow it off as a one of those things. Yeah, yeah, okay, the, the pastor has declared a fast. Lou Engels fast right now. Millions should be fasting with him. And I know that my message is a wake-up call. And I pray it, I pray that the Lord sends it over the cloud, wherever it needs to go. Here's what God says He wants into the fasting to be. Here's what He says. He says, no, this is not the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. 
Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. This fast is, is about simply Jesus doing what he said to do the way he said to do it. It's sharing the good news of the gospel while you're healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, setting captives free. And then it goes on to say, this fast includes share your food with the hungry, give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them, and do not hide from, um, from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, your wombs will heal quickly, your godlessness will lead, your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. When you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will come quickly. And the last thing I want to say, and then I'm going to bring up some brothers here. The Jonah fast is a commitment to a lifetime of fasting, both until the nations fast. We have to see what God is up to. It's like he's, he's given us a fat pitch. He's just put the world on a tee for its church to just <laughs> slug it out of the park. But it requires us to enter into this Jonah fast to the breaking off of any religious rebellion, to the impartation of, of, of the anointed words of God Himself where, you fat, where your voice is actually fasted so His voice comes out when you speak. Jesus said, Do not worry what you'll say when you go before. Whoever you go before, the Holy Spirit will remind you and tell you, but are you so submitted to Him in your life that you can let that happen? See, if you are, this is the result. Jonah chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Listen to these words again, and I'll close with this. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast. The people of Nineveh, and put on burlap to sow there, to show their sorrow. Then the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying. He stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, and dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Church, it's time to enter into the Jonah fast. Father, as we continue this service, I pray that these words are implanted as you required into the hearts of every person. I pray this word goes out to millions that we can join our brother Lou and that this 17,000 becomes 2 million fasting around the world. That's my prayer, Lord. And I know my brothers and sisters that are joining me right now will agree with that as we say in Jesus' name, amen. I want to continue our service by bringing up first uh, James. James, if you'll come up. And Byron, both of you. These two brothers are prophets, and uh, God uses them mightily. And, uh, and I want them to give perspective as well on this as, uh, as we continue our service. And if you have prayer requests, make sure you're... You're letting someone pray with you, and we want to hear of healed prayers. James, starting with you, what is God showing you in this time? It's, it's an incredible time. It's a difficult time, but it's a, an incredible time. I believe it's a time where God is recalibrating things. Yeah. He's, he's putting things putting things right. <laughs> um, he's bringing us back to relationship. You know, the fast that, that, uh, that you're calling for, causes us to come back to a relationship with Jesus. Yes. It causes our flesh yes. to die so that we can come back into that deepness of that relationship that He's requiring from us. And um, so 
yesterday I actually had a vision, and I feel to share this. I, God gave me a glimpse of, of so many people sitting in their homes mm-hmm. who never go to church, mm-hmm. who never even consider God, and who are now suddenly experiencing fear like they've never experienced before. And many of those people are going to be seeking. They're going to be asking questions. And even in this type of format that we're doing today, it's new. It's a different way of doing things and reaching out and in this way. I believe that because it's the way that the world functions so much today, people are going to suddenly start tapping into that. You know, when we started speaking about doing this, I heard the word, this can go global. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously it's not just about what Embrace is doing. It's That's happening right. all over the world right. right now. We're getting out of the walls. And the walls are coming down. I've been saying for years the walls are going to come down. And I, and I believe God's doing that. But what I'm trying to say is, is people are going to start joining. And people are going to start asking questions. And they're going to start searching. Because today, what does the average person do? They, they go and search. They go and search. They go and look on the internet to find answers and uh, so as people do that I was standing out at the back there just now and there was a paper um, on the table that was really interesting you know with this type of setup there's lots of cables yes there's lots of connecting that has to be done and uh, and I looked at this piece of paper and it was the the it's actually a packet yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah it's actually a packet and on the top of the packet it's written micro connections and every single one of us, God wants to use right now as a micro-connection to bring this whole network of the body together. Yes. You know, I, I, wow. he, he wants to start these little connections. And the beautiful thing about the little connections is everybody can do it. And I believe that's what God's wanting to do. You talked about the nameless, that's faceless, right. you know, that's all right. of these things yes. that God's saying. And, and all of a sudden, He's mobilizing everyone into that position. So part of the fast is people are scared often to step out, right? right? They're scared to open their mouth. And as you were sharing that, the Lord just said this to me. And we know there's a scripture. He talks about this. He says, open your mouth. I will fill it. Mm, that's right. You know, yes. and as people step out in faith and, and, and fast their flesh, right. you know, crucify their flesh. You know, right. Paul said, take up your cross that's right. daily. So that's a, that's a fast, isn't it? It's, we're fasting our flesh and the Lord's saying, hey, get ready because I want to use you to be the connector in this whole thing. And if you look at all the nerves and things that run through a body, you know, there's two things that run through every part of the body, the blood and the electrical system, the nervous system. And God is, is wanting to rewire everything. And, and there's all these little micro-connections that have got to take place for this body to come together. So that excites me. Um, I believe that we're going to move into a time where we're going to see, like everyone's saying, unprecedented things. Unprecedented, yes, right. amen, amen. Byron, God is really uh, God giving you a, a vision about this as well, right? He gave me a dream, which yeah. we are going to talk about a little more next week. Yes, yeah, good. Just uh, because I think we wanted to, to, to touch on this fast aspect yes. and uh, not jump off of that too quickly. Because to me, fasting is an opportunity, not an obligation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an right, opportunity, right, yes. and, you know, you brought up the numbers, and I, you know, um, that Lou has 17,000 people happening right now that are, that are fasting together. But for me, the, the, uh, it's amazing that what 17,000 people out of 2.1 billion people can do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So yeah. if, you know, your challenge is 
to do something. Yes. Is, is exactly. to go after something. Right. And not out of obligation, but the fact that when we fast, it's that drawing closer. Yes, it yes. gives us a moment to stop. And we've talked a lot about, the three of us have talked with a number of others about the pause. Yes. Now, the pause yes. itself is not prophetic. Mm -hmm. That's obvious, yes. right? Uh, I mean, yeah. that's... Things are paused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, right. you know, yeah. that's that's yeah. not prophetic. But yeah. what is prophetic is what's coming out of that. Out of yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and some of that we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. But um, I, I, I feel like what's this, it's not a pregnant pause. It's not a... You know, it's not a chickpea little pause. Yes. It's it's a nice space for for us to be able to to take a break. Yes. And our fast a lot even right now is we're forced into fasting. Yes. yes. Right. Is there not to a degree a forced fasting yes. that's yes. happening? Yeah, that's right. In in what we're doing, how we're living life. That's right. You know. Wow. That's right. You know. So yeah. how do we look at that? Mm -hmm. And that's and then word. enter into yes. that even in a better. In you know, that's way. a good way to see it because we're fasting meeting. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we are for meetings. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and every dimension of how we meet together is being is, is part of this forced fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I just want to agree with what Byron's saying. A, a fast must never be an obligate, mm -hmm. obligation. That's right. Because then it's religious, yeah. and we're going back to a religious that's way right. of functioning. Right. So you know, I, I agree that we we need it. We need it in that place of seeking the Lord, asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? Yes. So that it comes out of the relationship. Um, and it is. I mean, football, sports, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah, all yeah, the yeah, things, they're yeah. gone. Right? <laughs> no, right. I know. Right. Yeah. All those little G gods are gone right yeah, now. Yeah. All those things that yeah. so God has That's got true. our attention, right? That's very true. Yeah. Now, I was speaking to my son today in South Africa, and, and he was telling me how some of his friends are really struggling. They're struggling with the fact that they have to stay at home. Yeah. You know, yeah. or they can't run around and do all kinds of things. You know, and uh, so in a sense, it is. It's a. It's almost like God put the fast there. Yeah, that's right. Said, hey, I'm going to take away some things from you so that I can get your attention. So I can get yeah. your attention. Yeah, right. and uh, and uh, so although it's challenging times and it's it's hard times for many people, yes. I believe that it can be an amazing time that God can use. You know, for us if we step up. And we really we're prepared to do that. So as as all these people that are, would never consider God are starting to, to ask questions, you know, are we going to be there? Yes. Are we going to be there for those people? That's right. Are we going to meet them, whether it's on the internet, right? You know, have these open communication lines that the world's never had before, right? Worldwide, global. Right. You know, you may find some guy from Egypt suddenly tapping in and saying, yeah, Hey, yes, listen, I'm in a difficult place, you know, and so. We've got to see this for the opportunity that it is. That's right. It's really exciting. It's really good. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I, and I see that wherever, you know, we live, wherever we're watching this, there's, there's a neighborhood around you. Yeah. And I know I'm probably not the first one to share this, but there's a neighborhood around yeah. each of us, you know. And, and I know for Tony and I, we're starting to engage with our neighbors even more. Mm -hmm. We're getting a week. It's one of those things you, you, you hear a lot and, and we agree with, yeah, i got to get to know my neighbors, but now we're forced to. Yeah. We have neighbors around us that are very elderly, yeah. and we're forced to really engage with mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, well, any, uh, any final words or, uh, you have for anybody out there, you guys? I just want to encourage everybody to, to really press in to the Lord right now. You know, when he talks about meditate on me, yeah. you know, you know Go meditate on Jesus. Really, really press into Him. Seek Him with all your heart. Yes. Ask Him to 
to wash all religion off you. You know, let's get rid of religion that's killed the church for so many years. We've got to come back to the to the simplicity of the relationship yes. without all yes. the extras. We've got to get rid of the extras and come back to Jesus. You know, that's what my word is right now. I just want to really, I think there's some folks that are, um, they're about to, they've entered this moment, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a place to step up into a new opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I believe, first of all, that this is, the struggle has been for some people a loss of finances. They believe there's going to be a loss of finances. Mm-hmm. And the Father has said it's not going to be a loss of finances. It could be a season of gain. And we, we just talked to a friend um, yesterday. Was it yesterday or Friday? Friday. We talked yeah. to a friend Friday who lost his job in a moment. And they lost a couple billion dollars worth of, or a billion, oh, how many ever? I don't know. It was a big number. It was a big number. It was a bigger number than in my checkbook. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, there was... And yet, I had said to him, the Lord had given me this thing about his wife receiving income during this time so he could focus on some things that God wanted. And he said, that's exactly what's happened this week. And I believe that's going to start happening. So the struggle in your spirit is to believe a lie Mm -hmm. that if you've lost a job or shortened on a job, you've been shortchanged on a job, or your business is closing down, God has a plan really be what what James is saying, really be aware because I, I believe he's going to open opportunities for you in this season mm-hmm. to rise financially above actually where you've been. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I just want to confirm that. Yesterday I said to my wife, I said to her, I really believe that in this time there's going to be a wealth transfer. Oh, cool. And, and uh, you know Rodney Howe Brown? Yeah. Rodney Howe Brown said the same thing. Oh, well, cool. He brought a word about that as well. And I'm also, and I'm also seeing that God has given you something to write I don't know the last time you've written in your journal or written to the Lord. Some of you are finishing writing, but I see, I, I just see now, God is putting a pen in the hand of everyone that is watching this. And even if you watch it on demand later, uh, when you get to this point, you're going to feel, uh, you're, you're going to sense something in your spirit to the right. So, Father, right now, as brothers, we stand here. Amen. And we, uh, we just declare this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We declare um, what you're up to, Father. We, we know mm-hmm. that for such a time as this, yes. so as all of us contemplate what God is calling us to do in this Jonah fast, mm-hmm. we speak a blessing mm-hmm. over this church yeah. in the cloud, mm-hmm. over everyone in here and beyond. That the light of the world that you've called us to be would be its finest hour. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. See you next week.